Paul Mad Adventures, and welcome to the Audio Armory, an exploration of weaponry through the ages. I'm your local bard, Emily Cardamus. And I'm your local blacksmith, Liz Belts. Liz. Emily. It's been a while. <laughs> it's been so long. But it's nice to be back at it, you know? It is. And I formally apologize, because it's basically because of my death, in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. Physically, mentally, emotionally... It's been crazy. <laughs> well, can I can I ask you a question then? Uh, you missed the first one. Uh huh. I don't uh, actually have a question. I was just yeah. I really just wanted to roll into that because you you glazed right over. It's nice to be back at it, and I'm really kind of offended that you did that. I, I honestly thought that it was just like a weird lisp part. No, or something. no, that was purposeful. Oh, great, great. Yep. I'm glad. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. Look, Liz, you agreed to do this with me, and we've been friends for many years. You you know what this entails. I do, but you should be surprised. It, no, I shouldn't. I really, I shouldn't. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't stop like this. It doesn't stop hurting. Yeah, it's this instinctual you. like hurt, mm-hmm. where, where it's just like, you know, when you you, you burn your hands on something hot, but it's like. Sure. It's like, you really want that tater tot, but it's, like, fresh out of the oven. You're like, oh, God, that's hot. But it's a tater tot. You want to eat the whole tray. So even though it's delicious and your mouth is on fire, you're going to keep doing it Mm -hmm. and keep complaining about the pain. Yeah, I get Mm -hmm. you. I'm really worried that if in the weird, like, future where if if, if the future happens, that's not what I mean. Like, the future is going to happen (laughs) regardless. But, like, in the future, if we ever do a live show or something, like, in some weird, bizarre universe where that happens, Mm -hmm. I'm worried that I'll, like, the first time I do a pun on stage, you'll just, like, pull out, like, a a real sword (laughs) and kill me. I'll have items as, like, just a showcase and such. Like, this is the weapon we're talking about today. Let me show you how it works. (laughs) There's never been, like, a, you know, like a like a murder at a podcast show before <laughs> murder mystery only there's no mystery there there's are no hundreds mystery. of witnesses here it's it was liz with the sword on stage and i'm the victim <laughs> i've died yeah no but it's it's good to be doing a thing again and it is and talking about the things that we talk about and speaking of what are we talking about this week? We're going to be talking about maces, or we have a couple other pronunciations, depending. We have Masu, Mazule, and Mazul. And Macy's Department Store. And Macy's Department Store, full of maces, <laughs> for your faces. Wouldn't that be great? You know what? That's what we're missing in this world. We're missing just, like, an easy, convenient store where we can go. Weapons are accessories, too. Exactly. We need to have an, a store dedicated to this yeah i want to be able to get like a stylish plaid shirt and then like a nice you know mace or sword or hand crossbow to go with it yeah something that you know you color code that stuff i mean have the have the wrap on it just like match your polo yes of course you have to have the accessories for the weapon as well oh god god forbid right I mean, you gotta have scabbard, you gotta have Are we going for a fall look? Like, maybe get some leaves on there? Maybe the plaid is, like, maybe there's, like, plaid on the scabbard? Like Yeah, and I mean, you gotta go with fall weapons versus Mm -hmm. spring weapons. Mm -hmm, I mean, mm -hmm. maybe you want a bow for the fall, but, like, the spring. Does this sword bring out the color of my eyes? (laughs) Is this sword in season? (laughs) What's the latest off the runway? Yeah, it's like, is is it, you know... This nice 
kind of texture on the broadsword? Or are mm-hmm. we going more with the rapier with the nice gold leaf? Right, like, right. Well, what what's the occasion? Where are you going to like a cocktail bar? Are you going to a fancy dinner party? Are you just going out to a pub? Like, I need something for my wedding sort of thing. Yes. Like, these are all very important. Like, sometimes if you want to be Lady to, of the Lake Yeah, sometimes you have to kill someone at your wedding. Exactly. Sometimes you just have to commit a murder at a wedding. It just has to happen. Part of the ceremony. Part of the tradition. I'm really glad that we've rolled right into our, like, our big comeback with a, a piece of audio that will definitely be admissible in court someday. Yeah. If you're listening to this, hi, jury. Hi, everybody. You should subscribe to our podcast. <laughs> Please like and subscribe to our <laughs> podcast for more Please. for more information in regards to this trial. <laughs> Please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps the show. And we'll inform you for your final decision. Please... <laughs> Please go with not not guilty. Thank you. Goodbye. If you think that, if you think they're innocent, please leave a five star review. If you think that we're guilty, just just leave. Just get up and just walk go. out, please. Just so go. So that you have a, have to go to the bathroom. It's fine. Yeah. Everyone will understand. It's no okay. Will question. Well, tell me tell me about maces then, Liz. All right, we're going to talk about maces for your faces. So in appearance, it's more club like and is made either with metal entirely. Or at the very least has a metal head. Some had hardwood handles wrapped in leather or even had antlers and animal bone grips, depending on, you know, basically what materials you had accessible. Obviously, the more durable ones were made of completely of steel and the less durable ones, aka the ones where you could kind of switch out the heads, like we've kind of discussed with other pole arms and such where there's just brittle kind of materials, not the best. It's something that you can basically, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm going to use, I know a perfect description I'm going to use and it's going to be god awful, not going to matter. Like the buttons you put on your Crocs. Okay, I was going to go for like switching out the head on your electric toothbrush. No, we're going to go with croc buttons. I guess we're going with croc buttons. We're going to go with croc buttons because that's that's the hell that I've seen today. Okay, I don't want to know what your day's been like. No, nobody does. It's for the best this way. This is getting sad. (laughs) Well, look, if you have to talk about croc buttons, that's pretty sad in itself. That's, That's fair. That's very fair. Other than these glorious croc buttons. Uh, in Europe, this weapon was key to hand-to-hand fighting, especially through the 11th and 16th centuries. Why? Because you could straight up just kill a person through their armor? Right. I mean, have it, their... it was a big metal spike ball. Yeah, essentially. Or a, some sort of ball-like shape. Sometimes it's made with actually, like, flat planes. So imagine if you had pieces of paper. The way I can kind of describe it would be interlocking them so that it makes a sphere one dimension but when you turn it the other it almost just looks like a circle like okay. a flat versus round sort sure. of thing you create a non-euclidean uh, shape it exists in 4d there you go <laughs> you beat the hell out of someone through in the fourth dimension 
<laughs> and then you, you leave it at that. Yeah. Suddenly they're dead and you don't ask questions. But also there's this weird black hole that exists now and things are just kind of falling into the void. But you don't kind of question it because it's medieval times. So you just kind of walk around it, make sure that you put a nice little safety cone on it so people are aware that, you know, this is a black hole into the void. Be careful. Don't, right. you know, slip and fall and go into the abyss and die. Yeah, and, um, and then you get burned at the stake and everything's fine. Yeah, and, and then the cycle starts anew right. with somebody else. Yep. The most common head shape in Europe, at least, was this pear sh- round-shaped head with six or eight protruding round spikes. Or they could have these phalanges that were intricately carved or pierced out. So, like I was mentioning with that sort of assembled paper look, there would be these very intricate designs, like, cut out of them. So you get, like, the fancy swirls, and you have something for fall and spring. Can I say that I, can I just, like, brief interject and say that I hate the word phalanges? Why? It's just upsetting. Is it just like a... It's like a mouth, it's like a word mouthfeel phalanges. Like, Like, sweet no, what? not like sweet. Don't do this. It is 2018. Do not do this. <laughs> already started it. The rest, everybody else who's listening already hears the rest. I hate you. You're welcome. I hate you and I hate this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here we are. As we continue you on. Glad we brought this back. Yep. Always glad. Always <laughs> happy. Always thrilled. I love you and you're a good friend. <laughs> you're a good friend. So the handle itself was normally shorter to allow for easier hand control and also easier carry since it was commonly hung from a horse's saddle. So basically you could have this horse with an extra spike ball attached to its hip. I'd be more upset with just like even if the person were to be dismounted if that thing was still attached to the horse. I mean it's gonna flail a lot. Yeah I feel like it would bounce up and down. like I mean depending on how it's strapped I'm picturing it like a wallet chain or like a, yeah. like a cell phone charm where it's just like every time like it's gonna hit into the horse the horse is gonna be sad the horse is just gonna be upset with the matter yeah it's just not gonna be a good time it just seems bad all around you know short of it being just like a cup holder right sort of thing where you just kind of slide the bottom of the handle and just goes and then the ball kind of keeps it on there in which case it wouldn't be so bad because it would just be the stick part slapping up against them Right, right. That would be okay versus just like a giant, you know, metal ball hitting your horse. Like, your horse is going to be pissed at you. Yeah, he's not going to be happy and then that's how you get hurtled into battle and also probably have some sort of broken bones from the fall and And then then get murdered. And then your horse is going to die and then your horse's ghost is going to haunt you. Ghost horse. Ghost horse. (laughs) I wasn't going there. I was just thinking about, like, your, your horse having, like, unfinished business in this world, but... Ghost horse. But ghost horse. I mean, it could be both. It could be both. I mean, mean, how do we know that ghost horse just doesn't have unfinished business? I mean, you would think so because they're a ghost. Yeah. Didn't eat enough oats. That's enough to come back. It's really sad. Anywho, (laughs) now that we've had the sad moment. Eastern maces, however, had a much more variation in shape, length, and looked a lot more sculptural in some cases than menacing weapons like the Europeans. Chinese maces, for example 
were specialized to a point where the mace's head was in a repeated form of a Chinese character. Morbidly ironic, of course, though, for the victim's life was cut short with the massive blow. They would be imprinted with a character that stood for the phrase, long life. Yeah, I love that. (laughs) Jokes, jokes, jokes. It's like, how much more brutal, how much more metal can you get? Score one for jokes. Than to literally, like, form a joke by bashing somebody in. So good. That is god tier in terms of, like, commitment to the irony bit. Like, oh, I know, right? Mwah, I love that. So I feel like, if anything, that would be, if you were a weapon, it would be that. It would be something that would be ironic slash a pun, but would also just beat people to death with. So, Emily, if you were a weapon, you'd be this Chinese mace. I appreciate that. That's a that's a very high compliment. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I'm glad that you you see it as such a high compliment. It is. Because I don't doubt that you could beat somebody's face in if you really wanted to. I, I'm, well, no, let's not talk about <laughs> my proclivity, my ability or proclivity to to beat someone's face in. Fair. I mean, after all, this is going to be used in the courts anyways. It's going to be used in a more. court of law. Uh, let me say for a point of order, I have never beat anyone's face or otherwise in. And this is me defending that. Mm-hmm. statement. Mm-hmm. Turkish maces, however, would have highly decorated spherical or spindly shapes, acting even less of a piercing weapon and much more blunt than European maces. And they would leave a lot more intricate wounds. So basically, you're slapping someone with a massive stamp made of steel. I was gonna say, it's like it's like taking a cheese grater to someone's face, like to someone Except that the cheese grater is a giant hunk of steel that hurts a lot more than a cheese grater, which is hollow. Yeah. And there were some instances in recorded history where uh, people were able to recognize who had beat this person in because of the imprint left on the bone. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, oh, it's this design used by so-and-so. It's like, I mean, that's that's basically like old school ballistic testing you know yeah it's like oh well i know exactly what gun this is because i shot the bullet through this weird gel or whatever it's like oh i know exactly who killed this guy because like only dave owns that mace exactly (laughs) his name is written on it repeatedly and it is stuck in this man's bones now it says dave did this dave killed a man (laughs) dave killed this man (laughs) it says right here now see if i were in that era what i would do and i was had the proclivity for murder i would have a mace that said like i would be like if my name was steve i would have a mace that said dave killed this man and then they would think it was dave's mace it'd be perfect because they'd be like oh that dave he's a sneaky one he's clever but he's not quite clever enough and then it's like oh but it wasn't dave at all I have gotten Dave <laughs> arrested for a crime he didn't commit, and he will spend the rest of his life in jail for my murders. <laughs> Perfect. Now I just have to scratch out the name Dave and put Henry. <laughs> I will keep on this grift until... Until I run out of spaces and X's. <laughs> yeah, or my until my short life ends, because it's, you know, we're talking like the early, what, 1300s? Maybe. Yeah. Like, people didn't live very long. People lived to like... 30s was old. Yeah, I'm really glad that we're just taught we're just going right into like morbid death talk. Yeah. Well, hey, it's kind of this part comes with it. We're all going to die. But don't worry, guys. I'm still having this existential crisis where it's just like I'll be 25 next Friday. 
and it's just like, oh, a quarter of my life is gone. Oh, wait, that's only if I live to be 100. No, man, it's okay. We'll be fine. <laughs> and you just kind of sit there like, oh, oh. Now I have to go to the DMV. God! Oh, I have to do that this year, too. Crap. <laughs> I know. That's the worst part. That's the suckiest part. It's like, oh, I don't want to go there. Sit there and be in line with a bunch what of if, other angry your, people. What if your driver's license was a mace? And it, it basically was like, so like Please. hi, my name is Liz. I can drive this motor vehicle. Please. But then every no. every five years or every four years, you have to go and forge a new mace. That would be worth it because like, that would just prove that you process. have the ability to, you still have your hand-eye coordination. That's true. You, you have strength. So it's not like, I mean, and by this, hmm. you have multiple maces. This is true. This is a win-win and situation. I mean, the best part for me would be if you could figure out how to like, because uh, I mean, my car personally has, you change the gears like off to the side. It's not like attached to the steering wheel or anything. Popping that out, putting the mace there and just drive with the gauntlet. Oh, on. yeah, there you go. Like that would just be it. Yeah, so then... it just becomes your gear, your your gear shift. I dig it. Yeah, like that would be perfect. Because then you could just pop it out when you're in park and be like, "Here you go, officer." Yeah, here you go. Here's my identification. We've done it. We've cracked the code. Cracked the code. Now there must be more mace, more historical maces, though. Of course. Please tell me about them. We have Persian maces uh, next, which were especially terrifying in design for. A couple particular reasons. If you thought the Chinese one was kind of morbid, it gets better. In Persia, these maces resembled a bull or a devil's head that featured openings to act as nostrils or and spiked ears slash horns. Now, not only would this send like a spiritual kind of fear because of their appearances, um, there would be like, here's this intimidating bull head like coming at you sort of thing or the devil himself. The most fascinating and terrifying aspect of these weapons is that the nostril openings and were kind of carved out in a way that wind could pass through, creating a sharp whistling or howling sound as each swing was made. That's horrifying. Yeah. So not only are you getting this bone-chilling sound, you're literally also having your bones crushed at the same time. Like, okay, I'll give the, the Chinese where it's like, oh, cool, like, isn't that funny? We made it, like, it's a pun. Like, that's that's cool. You know, and then all the other maces are just, like, practical. You know, like, it's a weapon. And then the Persian mace was like, what if we make this the most terrifying thing humanly possible? Yeah. What if the weapon itself could just take on a life of its own and scream at you while we murder you? Yeah. It's like, calm down there, buddy. <laughs> Friend? Slow down there. Pump the brakes a little bit. Percy, you want to talk about something? You having, you having a hard time? Do you <laughs> just need to talk it out Do for you a second? A hug? Like... So, yeah. No, I, God forbid you're in that time period and you had a Persian warrior with a mace coming at you. I would have just been like, nah, nah son. Nah. <laughs> I would have been like, all right, goodbye. You win. I'm leaving. I'm going yeah. home. You can have yeah. my home. Here are my keys to my house. Here's my house and the one cow that I own because we're yeah. in medieval times and I'm assuming that I own a cow. Here's a goat too, I guess. And this one chicken that just kind of came home with me one day. I just Don't found know. it. Yeah, he was. He just kind of came with me and it was just like, all right, yeah. I guess. So now I just have him. His his name is Jake. And he's, he's yours good. now. He's yours. Yes. Yeah. You so can I guess just you can have him whatever you want. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go live in a cave. Yeah, bye. I guess. But it's one of those things where Persia wasn't the only one to kind of have these really sculptural looking 
mace heads. There were other countries that also had different animal shapes. Like we had more fantastical animals like dragons. Uh, there were elephants, birds, and even donkeys, which I think the donkey one's really funny because it's supposed to be like, uh, basically when you get hit with a donkey maze, it's like being kicked by a donkey. Sure. It's it's more of like the shame of the action rather than injuring. I mean, it probably also injures you, but like... But it's supposed to be like a combination of, oh, I'm hurting you physically and I'm also hurting your pride. Yes, I am also damaging you on an emotional level, an emotional component as well. Exactly. Where it's just like, haha. And then you're sitting there like, oh no, my arm. Oh no, my heart. Oh, my heart. Oh. <laughs> now I'm having a bad day. And then also handles varied in shape and length too. Some of them would take us on a sword-like appearance with cross guards and baskets over the hands. Hmm. And some even had heavier pommels to keep the weapon balanced. So you could get really creative with how you would use the weapon. So more like uh, in India, for example, they had weapons that kind of resembled their swords where it was slightly curved there was this cross guard that went over your hand sort of thing and a larger pommel at the base so that you could basically use the same sword techniques with a mace Hmm. Uh, wouldn't the balance be kind of totally different though wouldn't that be really hard it would but that's why the pommel has the weight too so it kind of evens it out and it's it's like twirling a baton almost it's like the cora swords where they flare out at the end and so they're a lot wider it's the same thing only with the maces there's obviously a little bit more weight but with the ones that are more animal shaped some of them are flat versus these more kind of 3d looking shapes sure they're just kind of they're not sharpened or anything they're just left blunt so there was a lot of variety in you know the designs of them so they didn't always take on the stereotypical ball with spikes on it look and it's really cool to even think about today how maces are still used So typically it's used for ceremonial purposes today. For instance, do you remember in the library at BGSU how they had the big green glassed mace thing? Do you remember that at all? I don't remember this at all. It was in the library. It used to be like right when you walked in, it was like off on the left. And then they redid the library and moved it. I'm probably the only person who remembers it because I'm the weirdo who looks for those things. Other colleges also have this kind of similar weapon style. I mean, it's obviously not a we- It's not used as a weapon. Mm-hmm. It's not a tool in that sense anymore. It's more decorative and ceremonious. <laughs> Sorry, so. I'm definitely imagining like, like what's the need for a university to just have like a mace on hand, <laughs> like just in case, guys. Don't worry, just in case we have one mace. We have one. We've got we one, have one mace, and it's gonna. We're gonna do our best. Yeah. Well, then it leads me to this. So countries also have maces. So like the U.S. has a mace. Scotland, Canada, France, they all have maces for the government. It's a representation of power and authority. Now, I remember reading, I think it was Scotland, had their mace quote unquote stolen, or maybe it was France. Now I don't remember. But basically, a country had it stolen. And the fact that one of the representatives, while they were all talking and kind of yelling and disagreeing with each other, grabbed the mace, went to walk out with it, and bodyguards had to tackle the guy to the ground, wrestling the mace off of this guy. It's important. Because he was just like, 
no, you guys don't deserve this po- the power to say this sort of thing. It was just like, the power is mine. I'm leaving. That is, that, I mean, like, I would say that is the epitome of a power move. But then the fact that he got tackled by bodyguards, like, is just kind of like, that sucks. Yeah. That is, like, pretty great. Yeah. I mean, it's great and. In- it's great entirely. Right. It's great in the fact that this man thought he could take a mace yeah. and have ultimate power and then just get creamed nah, by but... bodyguards. Yeah. You <laughs> just, no. just demolished. And I really wish I could remember which country it was, but it was it was like in the early two thousands and it happens. And then this other thought of so it's weird to think of it on a smaller scale, but it is kind of like a weird small slash large slash same scale where churches continue to use maces, especially the Pope. And I'm just imagining the Pope using a mace, like, as an actual mace. Just, like, beating... Battle Pope! He literally just beats the devil out of people with a mace. He just sprinkles some holy water on it. It's just like, power of Christ compels you, sucker! And just, like, (laughs) bashes you I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Can we back up (laughs) to to the fact that you just said the phrase, the power of Christ compels you, sucker? Look, I was gonna cuss, and so I censored myself. That's fair. sucker was the first thing that came to Okay, I just, I wanted to hang a lampshade on that because you don't get away that easily. No, but I mean, if you were Pope and you had that power, would you not say that as well? Oh, no, I absolutely would. <laughs> it's it's important. It's it important is. to use this power yes. only for good and beating the devil, I guess. But the Pope has it and I believe that, uh, not cardinals, but bishops bishops have them as figurative as it is today maces are actually still used for its purpose of combat and what i mean by this is basically it's evolved so still following its symbolism for authority the weapon has really just morphed into something a lot less brutal but still fearsome it's basically a police baton now now you can get those yourself too if you go to walmart if you really want but these batons are typically made of extra durable plastics like delrin they're very dense and they're the seemingly barbaric weapon is now modified to be lighter and easy to carry and is surprisingly one of the less lethal ways to defend yourself versus what it used to be, which was extremely lethal. Right. Excessively lethal. Yeah. So it's weird how, you know, over the centuries, it's almost devolved to basically, here's a stick. Right. It's like, would you like to upgrade your spike metal ball to a quarter staff? It's like, not really, but that's what kind of what we did here. Yeah, because now we have guns, we have firearms, we mm-hmm. have these, we have tasers going on police still. Because batons are now one of these weapons where every officer carries them, but they never really use them because tasers exist. Mm-hmm. They're safer to use because they're able to distance themselves from any potential threat. They're safer to use for certain parties. Yeah. So it's one of those things where it's safe in some regards, but can still be very lethal if you aren't careful with it. It requires heavy training like any weapon does. Did, does, still does sort of thing. Now, it's... Again, one of those weird things where because it's devolved, people don't really see it as a descendant of a mace. Sure, they just see it as a tool. Yeah, it's just like, a oh, it's this weird stick thing now. It's like, no, it's actually still evolving whether or not, I guess, we as a whole see it that way. Only because, I mean, the purpose is still the same. 
sort of. It's still used for hand-to-hand versus, like, I mean, some countries still have, you know, horses that they use. Like, officers still use horses and such, but it's not very common. <laughs> I know the context of what you were saying, but part of me was just like, some countries still have horses, full stop. <laughs> like, horses some sometimes countries still exist. Have horses. <laughs> sometimes horses exist. Sometimes they're just ghost horses. Sometimes horses. Sometimes horses. And with that... We end the podcast with sometimes horses. So yeah, that's basically all I have for Mace for Your Face. So I feel like you should take this time to kind of talk about, I mean, we can both kind of share our experiences since we've last recorded and talked with our listeners. Well, but... do we want to do a tip of the week before we give a rundown? Do you have a tip yeah. of the week? I have a tip of I the mean, week. I mean, my tip of the week kind of goes with the reason for the hiatus, I guess. I don't. I wasn't going to explain that at all. Oh, now see, I kind of... I feel like I should to an extent only because like I I want to be I have no problem being open about it like it's one of those things where everybody to an extent struggles with it and I it's like all right I'm just gonna say it yeah um basically it was the reason for the hiatus was I wanted I needed time to just kind of take care of myself I was going through a lot of crazy things uh personally for a while there and it was just a lot there was just a lot happening and everything was becoming severely overwhelming so my advice really is to don't be afraid to step back and take care of yourself regardless of what that might mean whether that be like a I'm just going to take like a weekend vacation sort of thing or I'm going to go out tonight and drink with some friends and like party it up or something like do what you need to do to mentally recover. As long as it's safe. Yeah, as long as it's safe. Like, don't be stupid about yeah, it. Yeah, don't be destructive. Yeah, but, like, do what you need to to kind of detox. Because, I mean, sometimes there's going to be people that are just going to be like, you don't need to do that, and blah, blah, blah. And kind of, like, tell you what you should and shouldn't do sort of thing in regards to, I feel like I need to take a break. And people are like, oh, you're just overreacting sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, no. I mean, other people can't judge that for you. Only you can judge that for you. So if you're feeling overwhelmed and you just need some time to just do you, take that time to do you, to do what you need to, and be with people that support you and love you. Um, Real talk, there is not enough time on, on this world. So if you're worried that the thing that you need to make you feel better is silly or stupid, don't. Because you sh- you need to do whatever you need to do, as long as it's obviously not destructive to yourself or other people, in order to heal yourself. And if that means taking a break, do that. If it means doing something weirdly out of character, like making a spur-of-the-moment trip to see a weird live show like and this is where we open up to emily's i mean i've <laughs> just been i've just been all over the place in the last in the last couple months i whereas liz was like i need a break i decided what if i start 50 projects and travel a bunch <laughs> um no i've just been on a whirlwind tour of the midwest because i just keep going to things but no you just need to i i think the thing is is like you you need to find the thing that you're soul needs and don't deny yourself that because there is not enough time there is so much to do and there's not enough time and so just do it and if someone gives you crap about it they can screw off like yeah if someone's gonna throw crap at you just put the fan right at them just point it right at them (laughs) 
legitimately, listeners, like, anybody and everybody, you need to take care of yourselves and do what makes you happy because we don't know how much time we have. Also, we're not, like, qualified medical professionals, so, like, if you need help, go get help. Straight up. As someone who has been down the path of suicide on more than one occasion, it's a very dark path to be on, and even if you're just having, like, you know, a rough time... Don't be afraid to go out and seek help. Don't let it get to the point where it's something that serious. I mean, even if it's you're just opening up to a friend or your parents or a family member or, you know, maybe not even a professional because maybe you just feel like, well, I don't really need to go that far. I just kind of need to vent about a couple little things that have been on my mind for a while. Like, do it. Just do that thing because you'll be amazed at how many other people are going through that same thing or something similar and are doing the thing where they're telling themselves nobody wants to hear me talk about this nobody cares but people care people love you and we love you we hope that you love us and with that dear listener thank you so much for joining us on this episode of audio armory we really appreciate it if you would like to leave us a review on apple podcast it helps a ton we will be back on a normal schedule uh we're gonna try for probably bi-weekly again probably saturdays um if that changes we'll let you know but that is gonna be the plan going forward i believe if you want to tweet at us we are at audio armory cast i am at corrupted gem liz is at liz belts that's liz with two z's if you have questions comments about the show ideas for topics you know tweet at us um you can email us at audioarmorycast at gmail.com uh, we'd like to thank say thank you to samantha hogan for our intro and outro music you can find our work at samanthahogan.com i have a couple new podcasts actually i will plug both of them now um i have a podcast i do with my friend kev where we talk about video games called bonus stage it's a chill video game podcast basically we do a game and episode for the most part and then i have an interview style podcast with my friend ann called guilty treasures where we interview people about their secret passions by the time this episode goes up we will be just about to put out our fifth episode which will go out next tuesday if you're hearing this on the saturday we that this goes up and uh, without spoiling who the guest is it's a very good one and i think you will like it and especially if that last little uh bard slash blacksmith tip of the week was relevant to you you probably should listen to it i i think you would get a lot out of it i don't want to badger you to do that but it would be probably a good experience uh liz you got anything you want to plug or talk about uh the one thing i kind of want to mention is uh samantha hogan did not too long ago release some new music i don't know if she has that up online or not or if she still needs it sent to her, recording-wise. But uh, if you go on her website, that would be the place to find it. I was lucky enough to be at the debut for it. She and her mom were, who is also a musician, she's a fantastic trombonist. And Samantha was there and had her mom play part of her piece. Aww, it was this really so sweet and emotional thing. Yeah. And I, if I remember correctly, she had conducted it and my conducting friend Robert Violette had basically, you know, backed up to let her do her piece. Mm, that's it awesome. was a really amazing kind of breathtaking piece about a local park, actually. And as someone who frequents it, it was one of those things where it's like, oh, wow, where you could feel the locations 
through the sound. It was a really neat experience. So I highly recommend it yeah. if you got if you, you know, have it checked on her website recently. I think that's pretty much it. So yeah. until next time, I have been and always will be your illustrious bard, Emily Cardamus. And I will forever and always be your local blacksmith, Liz Belts. Don't throw rocks at birds. Don't throw rocks at birds. Oh, it's been so long since I've said that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.